0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. Before we get into today's episode, I am going to remind you that we are having our very first Passionate and Prosperous live business building and inspiration event happening in New York City on November 11th and 12th. That is the year 2022. Just in case you're listening to this sometime in the future when we've been out for years and years and years. So, please mark your calendar. This event is going to be also offered virtually. I am pretty sure. Fingers crossed. But... I am going to tell you as someone who has gone to many live events, many retreats with my own coach, with the places that I've trained, I can tell you that when you get to be in the room, when you are there in the vibe with other entrepreneurs, with other coaches, with other creatives, with other people who want to use their gifts and skills to make money doing what they love and to have impact and to have mission-based businesses, when you get to be in the room with the coach, teacher, mentor that you want to learn from, there is literally nothing better. I have never gone to a live event and not come home completely re-energized, completely inspired with new ideas, with new strategies, and just with a a reinvigorated feeling about my business. And that's why I go to those kinds of events multiple times a year. So I think it, it, it might even be quarterly, but I highly recommend that you consider joining us. This is in the heart of Greenwich Village, New York City. It's in an incredible location. You'll come. You'll be in the whole vibe of New York City. You'll be with me. You'll be with other people. And I promise that you will leave with a whole new feeling about your business and what you're doing. So let's dive in. Oh, oh, I know. I also wanted to say that the sign up for that is coming imminently. It's coming soon. Obviously, you're going to hear about it. You're going to know when there's an actual way for you to buy your ticket to this event. But I want you to mark your calendar because it's happening. And sometimes you need a little time to plan for things, right? So mark your calendar. And then, of course, I'm going to let you know as soon as it's possible for you to seal the deal. Okay. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, you know what? Here we are. It's back with money time. I'm back talking about money. Today, I'm literally talking about making money. There have been other episodes that we've had about about, um, investing or what your relationship is with money, um, your money mindset. And today, I literally want to talk to you about making money. You know, I say that I help you to make money doing what you love. It's kind of like a tagline that I use, right? I help coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs make money doing what they love. And what I mean by that, when I say that, and really what this whole show is about, right, passionate and prosperous, this whole show is is based on the idea that I believe, and I want to help you because this is what I've done myself, I believe that you can Take what you love doing, what you're good at, what your skills are, what makes what your talents are, what your expertise and experience is, and that you can turn that into a business that someone will pay you for your services. That I believe that when you have gifts and skills and talents, that you can turn into something, you can have a business, you can make money doing it. And what I mean by that is that you don't always have to go and work for other people. One of the things that made me want to talk about this today was actually, I'll just give you a little kind of little backstory is um, yesterday in the Sunday New York Times. So I'm recording this episode on August 8th. So in Sunday's New York Times, August 7th, in the arts and leisure section, there was an article by one of the main theater critics, Jesse Green, and it was all about the working conditions in the theater, like what, how, like the conditions of professional actors, um, even like with the equity guidelines. So Actors' Equity Association is the union that professional actors are in, and that union is supposed to protect you. It's supposed to make sure that your working conditions are, you know, reasonable and that you're not being, you know, uh, abused with schedule and expectations and whatever, A, a union. Unions are unions. They're there to protect the union members. And even with the Actors' Equity Association rules and contracts, being an actor, a Broadway performer, or any other kind of theater performer that's under an equity contract, that, that the expectations are still insane, right? I mean, when I was in Annie, when I was 10 years old, I did eight performances a week, right? So this was even before there were child labor laws when... They Now they often have like double casts and stuff or they have like, um, you know, when a, when a kid is in a lead role, they they do six performances and they have like an understudy who does two of them or whatever. But when I was little, we did eight shows a week, <laughs> you know, so that's still the way things are. So this article was really interesting because I've never really seen an article like in the Times like that. I mean, I haven't read every issue of every magazine or newspaper since the beginning of time. But for me, this was very much a first time when I saw something that was being put out that was really talking about even the starving artist mindset, like this idea that actors should have this this starving artist mentality that you're lucky if you've got a job so you shouldn't complain you should just do anything and everything that like the producer director whatever tells you to do that you know that you basically are at the mercy of uh, you know of everyone that that you've got you know that you're at the whims and that you you better count yourself lucky for even having a job and so don't you know be a squeaky wheel don't complain don't not be able to show up don't hurt yourself don't be sick and you know this is this contributes to the starving artist mentality it's not only the mentality of not being, you know, being afraid that you won't be able to get more work, right? Or that um, when you are in certain professions, it's kind of like a known thing that the pay sucks, right? So that's part of the starving artist mentality. It's like a really complex mentality that, that starts with like the old saying that like no one's gonna pay you, right? If you're an artist, if you're a creative, that like, you know, you're just gonna starve. No one's gonna wanna buy your work. No one's gonna wanna buy your, your book. No one's gonna want to come see you do anything. And then it also goes into the feeling that like there's not enough work out there. And then it layers in with what I just said, you know, you 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 better be grateful for whatever you have and not, you know, not ask for anything more. Um there's always fear what happens Happens when this job ends or this show ends, because as you know, this isn't, you know, when you're in a show, it's not, you don't know how long it's gonna last. I mean, sometimes it, it even is a limited run. So, anyway, so this starving artist mentality is real. And I actually think that for many of us, you included, if you're listening, because I know that you're some form of a service based person, you're some form of a coach or a teacher or a creative um that you might have this mentality too or maybe it was told to you when you were growing up and wanted to do something that was more creative or 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 not traditional not like something that was a guaranteed high paying job or whatever that you might have even been told by other people your parents that it would be a waste of your time to try to just use your talent, your gifts, and your skills to do what what you want to do because there's no money. You won't make money. You'll live this hard life. You'll be starving, right? So that could even be a story that you were being told. For me, that wasn't the story that I was told. I actually was not told not to be a performer or an actor. A lot of my starving artist mentality evolved from my actual being in the business, from the things I was telling you, the whole like living the life of never knowing if, you know, after a show is over, when your next one would be. Um, and then the other stuff I just said to you, like having to feel that you had to take every job and and if you had a job, you had to be so grateful that, you know, you that you shouldn't have any expectations for how you were treated or the quality of the work that was being put out and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's why I said this is very layered. Um so I'm reading this article and it really kind of brought up for me a lot of my feelings what I just shared with you about having been an you know an artist, right? A performer my whole life and how I know that that um fed into a certain money mindset that then when I owned my own business, well, even a little before that, when I became a yoga teacher and I started teaching private lessons and then eventually owned a small business, my yoga studio, and then eventually left that to have my coaching business, that there was many years that I had to undo and replace a lot of those beliefs that I just shared with you about how hard it is to make money, about, you know, about what your expectations should be, about um, just what other people, (laughs) you know, what other people deciding if you get to make money, right? Like casting you in the show. And So I was really thinking about how I came to do what I do. And what I say I do, which is I help people make money doing what they love. And the reason I'm bringing up this whole story about the article is because it reminded me that how I got to where I am now, how I got to being a coach with a successful business and making more money than I ever have at any other time in my life and that I created this in my 50s, I always want to remind you so that I can help you if you ever start thinking that things are too late for you, or you're too old, or, you know, the time has passed, or any time you have a thought like that, that's why I always remind you, I started this business in my 50s. And it's my most successful venture yet. So, um, and I was thinking about how what I do is say that I help people make money doing what they love because I left an industry that was not supporting my beliefs. Not It wasn't supporting me having beliefs that I could have the successful, passionate, and prosperous life and business that I desired. The industry in and of itself did not have room for for me to have the passion it's not that it didn't have room it wasn't structured for me to have the passion and prosperous life and business and what i started doing and what i realized and what i now help you do is I realized that I had to get out of the situation where I was dependent on other people or where I was relying on other people. It made me feel like a victim. I spent so many years of my life feeling like a victim because I felt like I was always at the mercy of other people getting to decide whether or not I got to do the work I wanted to do. From a casting director having to decide if I even could get through the door for the audition, going on an audition and having to be approved by multi levels of people, you know, from casting directors to assistant directors, to directors, to producers, to musical directors. And basically like every single time I wanted to get to do the work that I love and make money for it, make money doing it, that the barriers that just seemed like there were so many barriers and so many different things that you had to get through in order to actually get to do the work. And so one of the first things that I started doing was I started creating my own ways, not depending on auditions and whatever. When I became a yoga teacher, I actually did that to start making money doing something that I thought I was also really good at and had a talent for. And that I had a lot more control over how I could make that money. I mean, obviously, one way was I could be a really great teacher and build my classes and have tons of people come to my classes all the time, as well as build a private business, right? A private yoga teaching business where I was charging people and my pricing went up and up and up as I became a more in-demand seasoned teacher Um, and then, you know, eventually owning a yoga studio and so on and so forth. Right. So, oh, sorry, I left something out. And then at some point went before I owned the yoga studio, when I had built up my yoga income, that then allowed me to really do the, the, the best thing ever, which was start. Creating my own shows and doing one woman shows and hiring, hiring the people to be my musical director and my director and doing it that way instead of feeling that I was at the mercy of other people. So being proactive, taking control and creating my own opportunities and my own ways to get paid doing what I love. And that's why I say I help you make money doing what you love because I help my clients package their talents and their gifts and their skills and their passions and their expertise into offers that other people will pay for. So why did I want to talk about making money today? Well, when I was kind of having this little, you know, revisiting of my own experience after reading this article and seeing how like, you know, it felt very validating, you know, that like sometimes I get a little bit um wistful or i get a little bit um i don't know pensive uh, and sad sometimes when i think about you know that i'm not still a broadway performer that that's not the life that i now live I sometimes wonder, like, did I waste my talent, you know, by not staying in the business? Um, sometimes I go to see a show and I get really emotional when I see like some amazing show or performance and it makes me really long in my heart to, to be on stage, which I want to say I can be on stage and I will be on stage because I as soon as I. Get some other things done that I want to in this business, it's going to free me up to go back to doing what I just told you I was doing, which was making my own work. And this show, this podcast is actually kind of a stepping stone to that, right? This is me using my talent, just not my singing talent. So when I say like being on stage, I mean, like really like being in a play, singing, whatever. So nothing's stopping me from being able to do that. But sometimes. I get a little bit, whatever, emotional when I think about the business and that I had devoted so much of my life to it. And so when I read this article yesterday, it actually was really validating. It made me feel so much better about my journey. And not that I needed to feel better about it. I don't feel badly about my journey. I fucking love my journey. But it made me feel any of those feelings that sometimes come up where I'm like, it kind of was like, nope. You, you're absolutely right. Like that business, you know, at like it's, it's. I was in it for twenty plus years, and then I made a decision to be able to have different things in my life than I could have as a just working theater actor, right? So, um, so I really felt a like I wanted to share that with you because, um, it was really a great reminder that we do get to make different choices or changes to the way we're doing things if they're not serving us at the highest level. And what I mean by that is if the work that we're doing or the environment that we're doing it in or the people that we're doing it in with or the structure that we're doing it in if the if any of those things are contributing to having thoughts, feelings or beliefs that are not positive, that you're not enjoying your experience. Literally, if you're not enjoying your experience of life, and I don't mean that every day is a walk in the park and perfect. You know, I always say life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. But in the big picture, if, if your environments and the things that you're doing are causing you to have scarcity and to have low self-esteem and to have fear and to be walking around always feeling like you you can't have any solid ground or that you don't have confidence or that you don't like any of the people that you work with or that you're in a toxic environment. And this goes not only for work, it just goes for, for life too. That it's really important to me that you know that that is not the way it's supposed to be. And when you have that situation, it is imperative that you figure out what you need to do to change your situation. And very often when we have beliefs that are not serving us at the highest level, like, you know, it's hard to make money um, or, you know, that that you're not going to be able, that there's not enough out there for you or whatever. I actually wrote all the beliefs down um, that, and I got it ready for um, for an email that I'm sending out that I don't have it in front of me. But um, if you are finding that your situation is confirming beliefs that don't lead to your ultimate success, then you have to change those beliefs. And one of the ways that we change the beliefs is we actually change what we're doing so that we can have a different experience so that we don't keep repeating experiences that confirm what we're already believing. It's pretty complex, but that's what a belief cycle is. And that's the way our brains work. So, what happens when you have a scarcity mindset or you come from where many of us come from a background of being in service or teaching or, you know, whatever. Very often you come to your entrepreneurial business. You come to your coaching business. You come to your creative business. You come to what it is that you're doing right now as you listen to the show or what you'd like to be doing. And you have some issues around making money because your belief, you have a lot of beliefs about making money and they actually are not helping you to make money. So one of the things that I hear all the time, I mean, it is probably the number one thing that I hear around money from my clients or from anyone that talks to me about working with me or the people that come to my group things or my free things is that everyone, right, And I get it if you're heart centered and you're passionate and you're like a service driven person and you're in the business of being a helper, you know, and and this is who I am. Right. Um, And it's who you are. Then you've got this thing about not wanting to seem salesy you've heard me talk about this before, not wanting to seem salesy. Everyone is so afraid of seeming salesy. And I hear this all the fucking time. Salesy. I don't want to seem salesy. I don't want to seem salesy. And here's the thing, you guys. You're saying that about everything. You're saying it about everything that has to do with you making money. Because if every activity or everything that that goes along with someone ultimately paying you for your services. If every activity that that entails, you think is salesy and you don't want to do it, you can't make money. Making money is literally an exchange, right? Of, of a, of a, of a service or a commodity for money that's literally what, how you make money. Money is made. Obviously, if you inherit money, that's exciting. Or if you win the lottery, yay. Or if you win like a prize, terrific. Okay. But, but, but assuming that that's not like how you're mostly making your money, assuming that that's not an everyday occurrence that you're relying on, then for the most part, in order to make money, you're selling something. That's it. You're selling something. So if everything that has to do with selling something to you feels salesy, whatever that means, and you don't like it, you are going to have a problem. So if you think that the way that you're going to make money in your business is that you're just going to be lovely you, which, you know, that's part of it. And then people are just going to start coming to you and asking If you have something for them or, you know, if they can pay you for something or how they can pay you or asking you what your offer is or whatever. If you want things to work that way, where you want the client to actually be doing your job, which is to be inviting you in to work with them, (laughs) which is your job, not theirs, Um I think that you're going to have a very hard time having a business because what a business is, is it's very simple. It's an exchange of something for money. If you have a product based business, meaning like you're literally selling something like, you know, essential oils, or, you know, something that you make a craft or something like that, or a book that you wrote, or, or, you know, that's different. Obviously, you're selling something that's an object, that's a physical object. But the reason why I always say I work with people who have service based businesses is because we are not selling an object, we're selling our services, we're selling an offer. And we are selling it. That is what we're doing. That is what it means to get paid for your services. So I think that there's a really big problem with constantly being worried about about seeming salesy. Because if that is where you're coming from, if that is what's always on your mind and you're more concerned with what not to do than you are with what to do, or you're more concerned with how you don't want to seem than how you do want to seem, or you're more concerned with other people not thinking that you're trying to sell them something, then You are going to have a hard time finding clients and you're going to have a hard time making any significant amount of money because the only money that you're going to make in your business is going to essentially be accidental. You know, it's going to be like a a spectacular miracle when someone literally comes to you and says, hey, how can I pay you for your services once in a blue moon? And then all of the other people out there that are operating in the world like they normally do, <laughs> which is assuming that they're going to know if something's available for them to buy, they're not actually trying to secretly find things that are not for sale. Most people are not thinking, I wonder how I can find a, a not for sale service from someone who doesn't seem salesy. Most people are not thinking that. Most people are not walking around trying to stealthily find something that's not available (laughs) and then ask if they can pay for it, right? So what do we have to do about this for you? Well, we have to change this fear, this mindset that you have that there's something wrong with selling your services, because that's only coming from you. And all of this fear that you're projecting on the clients, on the other people, is even more weird because people buy stuff every day. People are sold stuff every single day and they buy stuff. They're not thinking, I wish that no one told me about this. I went right. So, you know, we were at we went out for dinner a couple of times over the weekend we were out for meals with friends and stuff and you know when i was getting ready to make this episode for you today i thought oh, a server right a server's job at a restaurant is to sell you on the food now you're there for food you're if you sit down at a restaurant clearly you know a that you're going to order food B, that you're going to pay for it, right? So that you already know that. You're already in for the meal and paying for it. And then the server comes over and does what? Offers you a drink, um, tries to upsell you on something, tells you the specials, which of course are always more expensive than anything else on the menu because they're special, because they're seasonal, because it's with ingredients that are not available all the time, or it's something that the chef is doing special. It's a special. It is more money. So it's the server's job to tell you about it so that if you want it, you can have it. But when the server tells you the specials or anything else about the menu, are you sitting there in the restaurant that you decided to go to, sat down, you know it's going to cost money. When the server tries to tell you the specials or the server um, tries to make a recommendation and tell you which are the most popular dishes or whatever server's shtick is, are you sitting there thinking... I cannot believe that this guy or gal is trying to sell me food. (laughs) I highly doubt that that is what you're thinking. I highly doubt that you're like, I really don't want to have this salesy server over here trying to tell me about a delicious dish that I might want. So it's very curious to me that you are so worried about people knowing that your services cost money. And the reason why I brought up the whole story that I brought up about the scarcity mindset and about the uh, starving artist mindset and like kind of coming from feeling like money is hard to make and that, you know, like money is not abundant, like I come from that. And I the reason I brought it up was because Maybe I'm further along than some of you. I probably am. I've been doing work on this mindset for two decades. And I've done a tremendous amount of work to own the value of what I'm here to offer on fucking earth, not just as a coach, but just like on earth, right? Like what it's worth for me to use my gift skills and talent in any capacity And when I do something that I don't get paid for, it's a choice. It is a choice. And I have lots of reasons behind my choices for doing the things that I don't get paid for. And I feel very in alignment with that. I feel very, very comfortable and happy and good about what I don't get paid for because I'm very clear on what I do get paid for and I fucking own that. And I actually think that that's a part of the reason why I do not encounter many situations where someone is talking to me about working with me and then I find out that they didn't know it cost money. And I know because I have clients and I just had a whole crew of amazing coaches and entrepreneurs that just graduated from my last Out of Overwhelm cohort, Out of Overwhelm and Into Action, my group program. And I know that some of these women have calls where somehow they're on a call that they think is a discovery call and somehow. It seems like the other person was not coming to the call prepared to talk about paying money or paying for services. And I think that that is coming from you or them, you know, not the client, but the person who's the provider. Because something about the way that you are showing up in your business is giving off some sort of an energy that you don't work for money or that you're not a professional or that you don't really do this. And that is something that is being created from within you. And it could be tied to this idea that you have of this fear of being salesy. It could be impacting you so much that energetically, you don't even project the energy that you charge and that you're real and that you're the real deal. If you show up in the world and in your business, whether you have a lot of clients or money or not, even if you're just starting and you have practice clients or you have one client or you have no clients, if you show up to your business like I don't make money. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I don't, you know, I'm just over here being innocent and not trying to sell. You know, I'm I'm recording this audio, right? But I'm like looking off to the other side. I'm looking off to the side being like, I don't see you. I don't see you, client. I'm not trying to sell you anything, right? If that's how you're showing up to your business, that's what you're going to get. You're not going to magically get people being like, hey, can I pay you for coaching? That is not going to happen. So if energetically you are projecting the energy of that you don't sell, you don't make money, you don't make offers, that you don't get paid for your work, that you are think that getting paid for your work is like is, you know, you're worried about it. You don't want it to make you seem like you're not a heart-centered person or that you're not in service or that you're not a helper. Um, if you're constantly walking around, assuming that other people don't want to pay for things or can't pay for things or won't pay for things, when meanwhile, everybody's out there paying for things, everyone's out there buying stuff, everyone's out there spending their money <laughs> and just making choices on where they're spending it. Right. But like that's life. Everybody's spending money. That's what makes the world go around, right? Money makes the world go around. We make it, we spend it. We make it, we spend it. That's actually how things work. That's what the economy is. That's what, right? That's how things work. And so everyone's out there doing that. Everyone's out there making money and spending money. And I always want to make sure that you know that I. I'm not speaking about someone who's in very, very, very bad, dire straits with their finances or who's really, you know, really broke and really not making ends meet, not able to take care of their family. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those people. I'm not saying those people are should be your client anyway, because somebody who's literally in a dire straits financially probably shouldn't be investing in certain things, right? So, and we're not going to try to get them to invest in, in in anything. But what we're talking about are your average people that are bringing in an income and making choices about where they want to spend their money. And one of the most common mistakes that I see entrepreneurs, coaches make is walking around assuming that there's no one out there to afford your services, that no one will want to pay for your services, and that no one can pay for your services. So what you are doing is you are making massive assumptions about other people, and you are Making the, the big assumption that they don't want to invest in themselves or their own transformation or their own health or their own success or their own life or their own relationship or that you are deciding for them because of your own fear of being salesy or your own mindset, maybe you're hearkening back or remembering back to a time when you couldn't afford something. Have there been times in my life when I couldn't afford certain things? Yeah. There were times in my life when I had a major Broadway audition coming up and it was it was everything for me to be able to scrounge together the money to go to my voice coach, my vocal coach, or my 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 you know like my accompanist to like practice to rehearse for the audition. Um, there were. Years of my life when I couldn't take acting class, even though to get work and be a really talented person, you have to be working on your craft. You have to be in in training. There were years of my life when I couldn't do that. But it was always the thing that was the top priority the minute I could or I would make it happen, right? If the stakes were high, if the stakes were high and I had that Broadway audition, you bet your ass I found that money to go to my coach to do what I had to do to show up to the audition. And so if you have any any wrong idea that people don't do that, that people don't find a way, and probably yourself included, just like me, to pay for what's important to them, then you are not giving anyone any credit. You're not seeing your potential clients as people who are empowered enough to decide when the time is right for them to finally take action and do what they need to do to get what they want. And any of you that are listening, what you do, the work you do is work that is directly related to you helping someone else to have something that they want not, not, you know, not necessarily like a piece of furniture, right, right, but that you're helping them to get some sort of outcome, you're helping them to solve a problem, you're helping them to up level, you're helping them to go to their next level, you're helping them to bust through, you're helping them to have transformation, and who are you to decide what that's worth to them? I mean, that's pretty shitty, Right. So the thing is, is that, and you've heard me say this before, that if you don't tell people that you're available to work with them and you don't make it clear that that's a service that costs money, you are essentially doing them a disservice and you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing them the disservice because you're literally keeping your valuable service from them, the people who need it, because you're not offering it and you're so worried about yourself and being salesy that you're forgetting that there are people out there who need to know what your offer is, okay? And you're doing yourself a disservice because if you don't let people know that you have something to sell, you can't make any money. So let's talk about what you think is salesy. And so I know something. I'm just going to tell you because, you know, I've mentioned this before. I know that we live in a time when because of the like social media and whatever, um, you know that you hate getting DMs, right? Direct messages, Personal messages on... Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you get these cold messages from people who you don't know from a hole in the wall and they send you this message. They make shitty assumptions that like you suck. <laughs> That's really what all their messages are, right? You must have no clients, no business, right? You suck, you, you, you're you struggling, you're miserable and they immediately before anything else, they offer you their service to help you get 9 million calls on your calendar and a bazillion clients and $9,000 million. And they're just writing you this message and it drives you crazy, right? It drives me crazy too. Um, I literally had to say this. someone literally wrote me a message without asking me, sending me a link to her call about, uh, to her workshop about how to, um, have sale to have sales calls. <laughs> and I wrote, I mean, if you catch me on, I'm never like an asshole. I don't think I'm an asshole, but if you catch me in a certain moment or a certain mood, um, you're going to get different, of different varying, varying types of responses, right? So sometimes my, my standard response is, no, thank you. I'm not looking for any services, right? That's like my nice that, or I'll say, thank you so much. I'm happy to be connected um, here on, I'll say whatever, LinkedIn or Instagram. Um, I, I'm i excited to see your content. I'll even say that. And then I'll say, but I'm not looking for any services. So that's like me at my like sort of most generous wanting just to make everyone feel loved. And then, it, then there's the other part. I'm not saying it's the other side, like I'm a jerk, but then there's the other part of me where I'll literally like kind of school someone or call them out because I really do do you think it's totally fucked up to message someone like that without looking at their profile or what they do? Anybody who looks at any of my social media or anything I do, it would be very clear to you that I'm not in need of like clients or 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 calls, you know, Um And it would be obvious to you what I do. So if you're going to ask me, if you're going to look at a business coach's page who literally teaches about how to have successful calls, and then you're going to ask me if I want to go to your workshop, it makes me crazy that you didn't even take one second to look at, like, my thing, and you're sending me this, like, personal message, so right? So you hate it too. And I think that your fear of seeming salesy is literally coming from that. First of all, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's coming from that. And I think that it's also coming from any time you've had a personal experience where you have felt that someone's sales technique or tactics or whatever you want to call it, that you didn't like it, that it felt manipulative, that it felt, you know, slimy, that it felt pushy, that it felt icky, so I get it. You may have had those experiences. But here's the thing. If that's true, if you've had experiences, I have them every day. I have these experiences that I just told you every day. Sometimes I don't even want to open LinkedIn because I'm like, LinkedIn to me is nothing other than those messages. <laughs> I have not mastered the platform. I have not figured out how to use it. So I hardly even go there. Right. But Does that keep me from selling my services, from offering my services? Absolutely not. I just don't do it the way they do. And you don't have to do it the way they do. Anything that you don't like the way someone else does it, you don't have to do it that way. There's always a way to do it like you. You need to know how you want to sell. But what you can't know is that you don't want to sell. If you don't want to sell, you can't make money in your business. So Stacy Brass Russell walking around with her tagline, I help people make money doing what they love. You make me a fraud if what you didn't tell me right before we started working together was that you actually don't want to sell anything. Then we have a problem. Then I've sold you my services, right? You paid me to be your coach. And then you let me in on this very important secret, which is that you don't want to sell anything. And then I'm like, well, then how am I supposed to help you make money? Making money is when we sell something. So what does this mean? Well, it means that you have to find the way that you want to sell. And we have to look at like, what's causing you to be so worried about seeming salesy? Like, where did you get the idea that other people don't want to pay for anything or that they won't pay for anything? Right. So here's a couple of things that I that I that I kind of came up with that I think could help you when it comes to like what to do about this conundrum. Right. So, you know, number one, you heard me, I have an episode, right? It's called What You Need to Start a Biz. And in the episode, I tell you that you only need two things. You need you need an offer, your passionate offer, and you need someone who wants to buy it, right? Now, that's in an episode. That's all you need to start a biz is you need a passionate offer and you need someone who wants to buy it, right? Okay, so here's the thing. I see a lot of you offering your free call, your discovery call, your consultation, your strategy session, your clarity call, your whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? I see you offering that as if that's your offer, this free call. And when you're on social media or you're putting yourself out there, wherever you're putting yourself out there, and you're trying to attract clients, you're trying to attract them with a free call. And I actually think that that's a huge mistake. I think that trying to attract people with a free call is not a good idea. It doesn't mean that your free call is not valuable and an important step in toward getting someone to pay you. But if you attract people into your call because it's a free call, what you're not doing is you're not vetting, we'll call it, or creating an organic system where the people that are not looking for a paid service will be eliminated. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is when you want people to take a free call with you, you don't want them to be taking the free call because it's a free call. You want them to be taking the free call with you because they want your offer, because They see what you do. They see it because when you are making offers on social media, or you're talking about the work that you do, or you're telling people what you do, or you're talking about how you help people, you're not positioning everything around the call. You're positioning everything around the valuable service that you provide, and you're talking about that. You're talking about your offer. You're talking about your system. You're showing your expertise. You're offering value. And you are always letting people know that that is something that they can have the full experience of in your paid program or your paid service. You have to be putting yourself out there whenever and wherever you are making yourself visible, whether that's in person or on social media, whether it's when you're talking to someone in real life or, or virtually, it needs to be clear and obvious at all times that the work that you do is that you provide a service that people pay for. And that anything else that you do that's free, whether it's a free workshop or a free training or you show up and offer value, uh, you do a live, you, you make a real whatever it is that you do. If it's not obvious that what you're doing is marketing and and creating ways for people to get to know more about you and what you do so that they can pay you, then you are not ever going to make money you are not having a business so what is marketing and messaging it's how you show people that you have a paying service available for them marketing and sales techniques are where i think you are the most hung up on this whole salesy bullshit so you have to market your services You have to tell people about your offers, but it's how you market and how you tell people that I think is the difference between you feeling like you're being salesy or you feeling like you are creating sales by being in service. Even your sales calls, the calls where you're on a call with someone and you're talking to them about working with you, even when you're about to tell them how much it's going to cost, even... Those calls can feel like you are in service, that you are providing value, that that call itself is a call that gets someone feeling excited about making an investment in themselves. So I think that this whole fear of being salesy, when you reduce it to some made up notion that people don't want to buy stuff or that people don't want to know that you have something available, it's true. Maybe someone that you that has no connection with you, that doesn't follow you, that, that you have no reason to believe wants or needs your services, maybe they don't want to be sold to. And you're probably right about that. And that's why I don't sell to anyone like that. I don't sell to anybody like that. But if someone books a call with me, right? I And it's a free call. I do not go into that call already assuming that that person thinks that I offer free coaching. I go into that call assuming that that person knows that like we're about to talk about how I can help them and that ultimately I will be telling them how they can pay me for something. But I need to get those people on the call. And I think that where a lot of you are struggling is to get the calls because the way that you get the call is you have to be willing to tell people what you offer and you have to make it sound good and you have to sound professional and you have to seem like someone who does make money doing this so that those people will want to know more. They'll want to get on the call with you and they'll want to find out how they can pay you. Now, might you get on a call with somebody who does want to pay you, and then you tell them how much it is, and they have a feeling about that or a thought about that, and they might say that they need to think about it or that they have to talk to their partner or or they might even say that they can't afford it. Any of those things may happen, but is that because you were too salesy? No, no. Now we're in a whole other category. Now, this is an opportunity where you get to decide if you're going to hear someone else say their own truth, which is that they need to think about making a significant investment now that they know how much it is or that they need to discuss it with their significant other or that they would like to meditate on it or whatever it is. And if you If you decide that what all of that means is that you suck, that you shouldn't have sold to them, that your offer is too much, that your prices are too high, that you're not good at, you know, at doing what you do, that you can't have, you're not good at consultation goals. But like, if you immediately make it all about you, then you're definitely going to lose the client and lose the opportunity to have that client. But if you go in as a professional to your calls, to your sales calls, and you tell someone how much it's going to be, and then they're a human being and may have a human being reaction, your job is to be able to then hold the space and stay in your professional genius zone and now support them and continue to coach them. And I'm not saying be pushy, I'm not saying make them feel that if they don't say yes, that like the offer's off the table or that, you know, that they clearly don't love themselves. Like, listen, I've actually had someone do that to me And I was like, sister, you are barking up the wrong tree, right? So I would never do that to anybody. And I also know that in the space of transformation and in the space of what we all do, very often someone needs a little help, guidance, love, and support to overcome their own gremlin thoughts that might be getting in their way of saying yes to themselves, it may be fear about spending the money it may be more money than they're used to spending all of those things can be true and it doesn't mean that they're not going to say yes or it doesn't mean that 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 they're not going to work with you so being good at sales is definitely something that you that you have to work on and that you have to practice. But if you're not willing to even acknowledge that you're in a business where you have to sell, then you're not going to be able to get better at sales. You're not going to be able to get better at it if you're not doing it. So do you want to find your own sales style? Absolutely. Do you want to find something that feels in alignment for you? Yes. This is why I do so much free content. I do a lot of free stuff and I offer a tremendous amount of value. And then I feel great telling people that they can pay for more, that they can pay for me, not that they're paying for me like they're buying me. But what I mean is a lot of times You know, I do group things and then I feel totally great about about seeing someone. And if you want one on one, like if you want my undivided attention, there's a different price tag on that. So one of the things that I'd really like for you to think about is how do you like to be sold to because you spend money and you buy shit all the time. So when it comes to investing in something that we'll call a service, right, whether it's choosing who you coach with or who you take a lesson with or, or, you know, like whatever, like who you hire as your virtual assistant, I mean, anything that's service based. And if you don't invest in any service based businesses, but you want to have one, that could be a problem, too. Right. If you want people to pay you to be a coach, but you don't pay for coaching, I've said this before, it could cause a problem for you. I'm not saying that it definitely does, but I'm just saying it's going to be really hard for you to know how you like the sales process to feel, right, if you're not going through it yourself. If you're not saying, you know, a lot of the people that work with me, one of the things that they, that why they want to work with me is because they want to do things in their own business the way I do them in mine, because they it feels really good to them. It feels good to them when I sell their, my service. They like the way I make my offers. They like how much value I provide and how I make people feel about making an investment. And so they want to learn that from me. And they, that's how they want to do it in their business. Right. But, um, but that's really important is that you know what that feels like to you. Right. So the questions that we ask ourselves, if we're so worried about being salesy is, you know, like what what do you like to experience when someone is selling something to you? You can then study that you can model it. Right. What is important to you when someone is making you an offer? What are the most important things to you about whether or not you say yes to an offer? Is it the the, the features and benefits? Is it the logistics? Because it's not to me. What makes me say yes to working with someone is the more meta stuff. It's the th- believing that they know what the fuck they're talking about. It's the believing that they get me and that they see me and that they actually understand what I'm trying to do. Like really, not that they're going to try to superimpose their business shtick or like like their their stuff like that that they that works in other industries. No 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 no. No, if I'm going to have a mentor or a coach, they better fucking know like what how what kind of coach I am and how to help someone like me, a thought leader. Right. And I'm not just a business coach. I'm a master life coach. And that's one of the other reasons why I coach coaches is because I can help coaches be better coaches. And I can also coach your you on your life shit, because if you're an entrepreneur, your life and your business are not separate. Right. So if you're a life coach and you're looking for a business coach, you should probably work with a business coach who's a life coach. Right. And who you believe fully understands the business of being a life coach. And I have life coaching clients, just so you know, I have clients that are not with me for business coaching. There, there's all this stuff out there where people are like, oh, any coach that can't make it as a life or health coach becomes a business coach and coaches other coaches. And I'm like, maybe that's true partly, but it's it ain't true for me. The reason I coach coaches is actually because they came to me and asked me to help them to make money doing what they love. <laughs> so that is what I really want to talk to you about today is the importance of you finding out how you want to sell. What have you invested in? How have people sold to you that feels good to you that you like? You know, and do you have work to do around this whole idea of that people don't want to be sold to? Because that is you and your belief system. That is your belief. Because people are sold stuff every single day. Every single day, people are buying stuff and they're buying stuff that's sold to them. So you better be in there selling to them if you want them to buy from you. And we have lots of episodes on how to attract people onto your yellow brick road. And one of the most important things that you can be doing in your business is inviting people to work with you. You have to be making those offers. Do you have to make them outside of a discovery call? Well, kind of, because you have to at least be promoting and marketing what it is that you really do. Not couching your posts in some sort of deep emotional post, and then at the very end saying, who wants a discovery call? You've got to be willing to know with great clarity and professionalism what the fuck you do and what outcomes you help people get and what your program is. And when I say your program, I don't mean how many calls and how many hours and how many weeks. I mean, what's the work that you do? How do how can you show other people how you're an expert at what you do and tell them that that's what you're selling? Because if people think that you're selling your free shit or your discovery call, it's going to be really hard to get the people that want your services onto those discovery calls. So you might as well just start being really transparent about it. And I'm not saying that every one of your posts should just be, who wants to buy? Who wants to buy? No, that's why I'm saying find the marketing strategy that works for you. If you look at my marketing strategy, it's that I offer a tremendous amount of content and value while also saying who wants to buy. So you got to find that strategy for you. You may need a coach to help you because I teach content-based attraction strategy, right? And that's my style. And the people that work with me, they like that, right? And it feels different than just going out there and putting out numbers and costs for things. It creates a different relationship. It creates a funnel. It creates a way to move people from not knowing who you are to actually understanding what you do and then wanting to talk to you about engaging you for your services. And that is selling. And so you need to completely embrace that in order to make money, you have to sell something. And so if your number one biggest fear is the fear of seeming salesy, then we need to look at that. I can help you look at that. I help all my one-on-one clients look at that. I help everyone that's in my group programs look at that. You know what? We're even going to look at it at, at Passion and Prosperous Live because talking about money and how to make money is really important when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a coach, when you come from the background that we all come from. And that's why I started with the story about the article in The New York Times is because there's work to do to go from that mindset of the starving artist mindset and thinking that everyone else has it, too to having the empowered mindset of believing that you have a valuable service and that you are entitled to sell your service for money so that you can be a functioning part of society and make money using your gifts and your skills and your talents and doing it in a way that you love and that feels good to you and not in an environment that feels toxic or that feels unappreciated or that feels like you're a victim, right? And that's why I encourage you to have your own business. That's why I am the champion of entrepreneurship, because I had many, many years feeling that I was at the mercy of other people, even when I owned the yoga studio. And that's why I'll never own a business with anyone again. It's a solo adventure for me. And the way that I that I make it less solo is I surround myself with like-minded people. I'm always in a coaching program. I'm always in a group of amazing entrepreneurs and women and thought leaders. And I surround myself with that so that I don't feel like I'm alone. But I call all the shots. I create the work environment. I decide how it feels to be me making money. I decide my working conditions. I create my work-life balance, right? And I sell my own service for what it's worth and I get all of the money. No one else does. And I want that for you too. So uh, let me know. As always, I always encourage you, like, you know, shoot me a message, hit hit an email, reply to one of my emails. If you're not on my email list yet, please go to www.staceybrassrussell.com and right there on the homepage, at the bottom, you can just enter your email there. Get on my email list. Why? Because I want you to know about Passion and Prosperous life. I want you to know about the other amazing free workshops and trainings that I am doing in September and October. They're coming. You'll know about them and make it really easy for you to sign up for them if you're on my email list so that you don't have to try to remember stuff when you're listening to the podcast, when you're driving or running or on the treadmill or walking your dog or whatever, right? So um, get on my list. We'll make sure that you always know everything that's going on because there's always a lot going on. And you know what? Sometimes I'm going to sell you something. And sometimes I'm just going to offer for you to do lots of free shit with me too. So you should have it all. You should be able to have those choices for yourself. With that, I am signing off. I am sending you all the love and high vibes as always. And I will see you. I'll be with you in your headphones next week. Bye.